one of the most quoted things that St. John Paul II said is that science purifies religion from superstition and error, and religion purifies science of idolatry and false absolutes. Hi, I'm Colin, and welcome to The Tightrope, the podcast where we look for balance in the midst of our busyness, clarity in the midst of our confusion, and opportunity in the midst of our mess. While I doubt that any short podcast is going to give you balance and clarity to last for a lifetime, I do hope that each week we can give you some perspective, maybe some clarity, and help you to take a step forward. The question for the week is, are science and religion opposed? And I bring up this question because yesterday I was faced with a group of new 10th grade religious ed students and asked them what they were wondering about. I actually gave them sticky notes and then I started to group their questions together. And there was a group of questions about human sexuality and chastity and such. There was a group of questions about spirituality, how to pray and connect with God. There were some other topics, but overwhelmingly, this group of 35 wanted to know about the relationship between faith and science. It was about a dozen of the sticky notes that read with questions something like, are science and religion opposed? Do I have to pick between evolution and Genesis? How, how do these two things go together is essentially what a large majority of them even wanted to know. And as we started to talk about it, a lot of hands went up, a lot of eyes lit up because there was a perception in the room that they had to pick between faith and science. I wasn't entirely shocked by this because the research indicates, uh, especially the 2016 study that came out of Georgetown, is indicating that people leave their faith as early as fourth grade because they perceive there to be some sort of conflict between what's in scripture, what's proposed by the church, um, and, and then what science proposes. And it seems to, that I have to check my brain in at the door to be a, a person of faith or a person of belief. That's just not the case. And I wanted to take a couple of minutes to, to talk about this false perception in case there are any out there who are wrestling with this. It has been the case for a very long time that the development of science, especially in Western civilization, has come largely through the church. It is a myth that there is some longstanding grudge match between faith and science. Even the incident of Galileo is, is widely misreported. If you read Galileo in primary source form, you'll find that much like St. Augustine's Confessions, Galileo's writings are addressed directly to God. He was a person in awe and wonder before the God who created the cosmos uh, that he was discovering some pretty amazing things about. It is true that Galileo had some, some beef with uh, members of, of the clergy in high places, and maybe had even written a, a little bit of a play that made fun of a cardinal who became pope. And those things belong to the story of history, but they do not in any way suggest that Galileo was somebody who was abandoning a position of religious faith and belief in God. Nor is it that the church, it was not open to... Um, development in the areas of science. The church, of course, is slow to make pronouncements about these things, but there is a history of development and openness about these. As a matter of fact, we could look to the 1950 encyclical Humanae Generis in which Pope Pius XII opens the door for further discussion about the scientific theory of evolution. And since then, holy fathers have pronounced over and over again that there, there is no conflict between a scientific theory of evolution and what is proposed in Genesis. 
so long as we know that Genesis is divinely authored and reveals to us the truth of our humanity. It's always been known as early as we could point to St. Augustine's Confessions again, that the Genesis is not a science textbook. Augustine coming out of a a long uh, sort of stint of exploring different thought processes and and philosophies, and even with a stint in the Manichaeans, um, has a, a clear and lucid view of what he's looking at when he looks at Genesis. Divine revelation, the word of God revealing the truth about humanity, and even of the, the goodness of, of, of the body and creation being material and, and all of this. But he knows that he's not looking at a science textbook, and he doesn't suppose that the world was created in, in six 24-hour periods. And so th- this is really nothing new. As science develops and we get more of an idea of, of the age of the cosmos and such things, we don't have to throw our, our Bibles down and suppose that, that God is not the primary author of them or even suppose that they have error. One thing that I'll often say to students, if I told you that I got up this morning and I watched the sunrise, you wouldn't look at me like I had two heads or suppose that I was scientifically ignorant about the way that the, uh, the earth rotates on its axis because the sun isn't actually rising, it's the, the earth that's moving. But we still speak in that way, and it's not an error when we speak in that way. In the same way, um, when Genesis tells us about the creation of, of the cosmos, and it tells us about the creation of time and space and life, and then the rulers of time and space and life, it's, it's not making any sort of scientific mistakes at all. And so there, there is no contradiction there. I wanted to just open the door to this. It's not something that I'm going to be able to deal with in uh, huge doses in a, in a six-minute podcast, but I want to encourage you to read more about this if you have questions. One thing that you could quickly do that I had some of my students do today is just sort of Google what, what do popes say about science. One of the most quoted things that St. John Paul II said is that science purifies religion from superstition and error, and religion purifies science of idolatry and false absolutes. Um, Of course, we famously know that in Fetus et Ratio, St. John Paul II reminds us that faith and reason are two wings upon which the human person soars. In no way is our Catholicism calling us to check our brains in at the door or to hold um, the, the, the sum total of, of reason and discovery in complete suspicion. As a matter of fact, wherever we find goodness and beauty and truth, we know that there's only one source of that goodness, that beauty, and that truth, and that's God. So that when we are in wonder and awe at the cosmos, when we stare up at the stars, when we study um, the the motion of the cosmos, how the universe is expanding, it should point us toward God. As a matter of fact, some of the great scientific theorists of the cosmos are, are clergy, are religious. And so there's no conflict. Just wanted to clear that up and encourage you to read more if this is something you're curious about. Actually, tell us in the comments if you're into this. I would love to do some more episodes on it. If you've got questions, I'll say the same thing that I I said to uh, this group of sophomores that I was with yesterday. Um, Send them to us, and we would love to talk more about this topic. And so you don't have to pick. If or if you got somebody in your family that thinks they have to pick, you can tell them, "Hey, newsflash: the Catholic faith is." open to and is not in conflict with science. We are not a one-winged dove. We are a people of faith and reason with both wings soaring toward heaven. And so for Ascension, I'm Colin McIver reminding you, you don't have to check your brain at the door. Take a step forward. 